I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. Thursday, July 15th. Wow. As I said that, I just like realized how fast this summer is going by. I tell you, man, after the 4th of July, it flies. Thursday, July 15th, as I'm recording tonight. What's happening, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. If you haven't yet subscribed to BD4, be sure to do that right now. You can subscribe to us, download the podcast, and listen to it and watch it. That's fine, too. In order to do all that stuff, you have to be on one of the platforms, obviously, like you're on right now. Whether that be watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the many different platforms where you can listen to the podcast Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. We are sponsored by Anchor. Many other listening platforms. If you want to find that all on one page, along with my blog that I write every Yankees game and Knicks game when they're in season, along with where to follow me on social media, all that stuff, the blog, the podcast, and my social media, you can find that on one page. Just go to my link tree. So that'll be on my link tr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. All right. Kind of said that, I worded that wrong, but that will be on my link tree at linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. So the NBA Finals was last night. It was game five. It's crazy, man. We are almost like everything flies so flies by so quickly. We only have two games left in the in the NBA season. Right? No, there's three. Okay. So it was game four last night. All right. Thank God. Uh, but there's there's you know at most gonna be three games. Um in the Suns, they were up two nothing. Things looked great. All they needed to do was, in my opinion, win at least one of those two in Milwaukee. Could not. They got swept in Milwaukee. Now they're headed back to Phoenix, and it's 2-2. Two to two. So this series could go any way. It could go either way. Um, it's back in Phoenix, right? Isn't it? It's 2-2-2. Two, two, two? No, because there's a seven-game series. Is it back in Phoenix? Now I'm confused. Let me look. It's best of seven, obviously, but how was that... Oh, I think there's one more in Milwaukee. No. I know they changed the format a couple years ago and I'm all messed up. Yeah. So tomorrow's Tuesday as I'm speaking. No, what am I doing? Tomorrow's not Tuesday. Tomorrow's Friday. There's no game until. Okay. Saturday. Saturday's the next game. That's it. In 
trying to find out where this game is going to be because that's going to depict a lot. The app is really slow. Let me just go to Google real quick because I'm trying to figure this out. But they lost. They certainly lost. And now it's it's up in the air. It is literally an even series. It's now a best of three. And so, um, yeah, Saturday's game is in Phoenix then. The, okay, Saturday's in Phoenix. Then back to Milwaukee. And if it goes to seven, it's back in Phoenix. Yeah, it makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, Chris Paul had an awful night. Um, but they had, a, you know, he had that really bad turnover where he tripped at the end of the game there. There's a couple of sequences that Phoenix just did not look good towards the end of that game where they choked it away. They had a nice lead at one point. They just couldn't come through. Devin Booker bounced back nicely, which was good. Big Booker guy, so I always like to see him perform well. He bounced back from his 10-point outing, and then he had like a 40-something point showing last night. Um, but, yeah, I watched some of it. It wasn't totally focusing on the game. I was doing some other stuff. Um, well, I was watching The Wire on my tablet. But <laughs> um, Then I had a couple of assignments to do for school, but it's 2-2. Two to two. And this is, you know what, as much as I want it, as much as I want Phoenix to win the championship, I do want it to be a good series. And I was saying to a couple of my buddies, when it was 2 nothing, I was saying that I hope Milwaukee makes it interesting at the very least because I don't want a, I don't want a five-game finals or a four-game finals. And so I got what I wished for. It's two to two, and it looks like this is going to be a, a crawl to the end. So, you know, it might be one of those series where the home teams win all the games, kind of like it is whenever the Yankees play the Astros in the postseason. Um, but that happened, and so now we're looking at two-two going back to Phoenix for Game Six, Game Five. Sorry. So, um, but I'm on here to discuss the Yankees, obviously, and the Yankees have not been playing well. Obviously, this season has been a rough go uh, for a team of their expectations, and they just had their All Star break. You know, we saw the home run derby. No Yankees in it, but it was a good one. Uh, Alonzo beat Mancini. I was hoping Mancini would have won it. Cool story. Would have been a wonderful story for him, but. It went to Alonzo. He defended his title from last season, I think it was. And so that was that. It was a good derby. I, you know, it's always a good show. The Home Run Derby is always fun. It's one of the few contests in sports, like when they have the all-star festivities around sports, that's usually always good. The Home Run Derby, like the dunk contest has lost its shine. You know, it's, it's not what it, once was every once every once a couple every couple of years you'll have a good show but since that Levine um, Gordon dunk contest it's kind of been a bit slow again. Um, I don't know what they do in the NHL so I can't speak for that. NFL I mean nobody watches the Pro Bowl and they don't have any I don't think they have anything else and I don't even think it's the Pro Bowl where it's East and West anymore or or um, NFC AFC anymore it's it's something different. Um, brother was telling me it's some Madden shit. I don't know. So like, and then there's, there's the NBA. Uh, sorry, the NBA. We already mentioned that, didn't we? Yeah. Well, well the three point contest is usually fun, but I think MLB, the, the home run derby is always the one constant. That's usually always a great show. So it was fun. And then they got to the all-star game, which is something I don't really, 
it's fun to watch, you know, they mic up the players. That's always pretty cool. I was listening to Freeman. He was having a good time with the guys in the booth, and then they mic'd up Tatis. Vladdy Jr. won the MVP because the American League won 5-2, to two, and uh, Vlad hit a homer. So, did he have two home runs? I don't know. I had the game on in the background. wasn't really focusing on it. Uh, but that was All-Star Weekend. <laughs> uh, now we're here. Uh, the Yankees were supposed to play tonight, but the first game back from break was supposed to be opening up against Boston at the stadium. But um, Yankees just had a bunch of positive tests, and they're not able to play tonight, despite all these guys being vaccinated. Or I think Cashman said, of the six guys on the Corona DL, most of them are vaccinated. Despite that, they keep getting it. It's a problem the Yankees have had all year. Um, they haven't had any postponed games yet because of COVID, but this is their first, and they might not play for a few days. We'll see, we'll have to see how this whole thing shakes up. But so far on that list, the Corona DL, whatever you want to call it, you have, let's see if I can pull it up here on my screen. You're not going to be able to see it if you're watching, but I have it in my notes at least I thought I did. I don't have it in my notes. Well, let's see if I can remember off the top of my head. Oh, here it is. Yeah, so on the on the COVID DL list, disabled list, it's it's Gio Urshela, Aaron Judge, Kyle Higashioka, Johnny Lasagna, Nestor Cortez, and Wandy Peralta. So you know, it's going to be, a, it might be a few days until we see the Yankees play. We'll see how this whole thing shapes up. But they are not playing tonight, or I should say they did not play tonight. If they did, they'd just be finishing around now, actually. It's about 10.30 past morning on Thursday night, the 15th, as I speak. Um, but yeah, so we're going to we're gonna discuss a few things. Not going to go too long, just discuss a couple of things that have been happening lately in the organization. And then talk about a few things that to expect or to hope for and to hope doesn't happen in the second half of the season. All right, so we're going to head to our first break, but if you haven't yet, welcome to the show uh, and subscribe to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. If you haven't yet subscribed to BD4, do that right now. Go download it, download the pod, subscribe to it, share it with your friends, comment, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, we're on Spotify to listen to also. We're also on Google Podcasts. Anchor, if you want to listen to us on our sponsor, do that, Anchor. Um, you can watch the podcast. The video format is on YouTube. So you can also do that. All that stuff, the podcast. And like I mentioned before, to follow along with my blog and subscribe to that. And to follow along with me on social media, where I rant like an old man most of the time. All that stuff, find on my link tree. Link tr.ee forward slash rj carbone we'll be right back you are listening to rj carbone on bd4 if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast you can do that right now bd4 is available on itunes spotify google podcasts anchor and you can also watch it on youtube there are plenty of other platforms to find this podcast all you have to do is go to linktr.ee 
forward slash RJ Carbone. And that will take you to where you need to be. Link tr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone in order to subscribe to this podcast. I also totally forgot about the Field of Dreams game, which is going to take place August 12th. It's still coming up. It's it's Yankees-White Sox, which I didn't even know it was still the Yankees, to be honest with you. I thought there was something out there after it got postponed last year that, that somebody said it wasn't going to be the Yankees after initially it was supposed to. But apparently now it is the Yankees again. Uh, I don't know if I read something I... I that was incorrect, or I don't know, maybe something changed, I didn't know. But it is the Yankees again, it's the Yankees-White Sox in that field of dreams. So that's going to be pretty cool. Now, when they first said, this might be embarrassing as a baseball fan, but when they first mentioned they were going to do the field of dreams game, I've always heard of the movie, I've heard a lot of people like it, but i never seen it at that point. And so when they said that, the field of dreams game, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to finally watch that movie tonight. And so I did about two years ago, I think was the official announcement. Yeah. And then, so I watched it that night. I watched it and I fell asleep at the end, but it, I was just really tired. I had nothing to do. It was a good movie. I went back and watched the whole thing the next day too. So it was a great movie. And now that we're mentioning it again, I might want to watch it again because it, it was, it was a nice, had a nice little vibe to it. I don't know how to explain it. It was like a dreamy movie. It was beautiful scenery. The cornfields. It was really cool. It was a quiet movie. Don't know how to explain it properly. But it was a good, enjoyable movie. And speaking of baseball movies. One, uh, as soon as they canceled the, the, the game tonight. I was like, huh, I need my baseball fix. So I turned on MLB Network thinking there would be some game on there. But there wasn't. However, they were playing The Sandlot, and I got stuck watching The Sandlot for a while. So that's also a classic. And I put out on Twitter how I miss watching that movie, and it's been forever since I watched it. But I added at the end of that post, I miss when kids go outside. Is it just me? I don't think it's just me, because I feel like just this generation growing up beneath me doesn't go outside everybody's on their phones everybody's doing everything inside you can order from your phone now you don't have to go out and shop but that's not shit kids do anyway but kids are doing online classes now for school oh my it's so sad you know i've realized like my generation was like one the, the end of my generation the, the i'm 26 years old we were like the last people to start to do that. And from here on out, I feel like it's just going to be a bunch of spoiled kids on their iPads. Now it's really sad to think about, but fortunately I live in a neighborhood where there's a few, there's like three, three or four kids that live across the street from me in a two family house. So there's, there's the family below has two kids. And then there's a kid upstairs. They're always, they're constantly playing outside and having their friends over. So that makes me feel good. I always look over there and be like, that's good. There's still hope out there, but it is a little crazy. Cause I was growing up, man. We, this, this whole neighborhood, we would be outside in the street playing baseball. There was, there used to be a big giant field 
a vacant field right next to my house before they put a friggin' house there where we would play baseball, football, any sport out there in the field. And it was giant. It was like the size, maybe a little smaller, of a 100-yard football field. Um, but it was fun. My cousin and I were out there every day hitting home runs during the summer. We would just hit them over the wall over and over. A bunch of my other cousins would always come over and we'd just play baseball pickup games. And my neighbors would come by from across the street, down the street. We'd play together. Hell of a time just playing ball as a kid. But I feel like that's that's becoming less and less of a thing now. And it's kind of sad with, with how advanced technology is. It's a great thing for certain things, but it's also there are some downsides of it. Um, speaking of downsides, let's let's get to it. Let's let's get to this Yankees team because um, they are a downside. Um, yeah, what are we looking for? What are we looking for in the second half? Are we looking for? Do we want them to to try and make one final run, or are we an individual who says, I think attempting to compete any further would continue to prolong the inevitable. Which side are we on? Do we want to buy or sell? I want to sell. I don't think the Yankees are going to sell. But I think selling would probably... You know, it's it's against what the Yankees have done in the past. But I think it's the best option to where we are right now. I don't think you're getting much from this core. I think it's best to rip it all apart and, and sell off what you can. Try your best to get some prospects for whatever you have. It's hard. It's tricky because what can you... Like, who's enticing right now on the current roster that you could sell? Your best, most valuable trade asset is an Aaron Judge, but again, I don't see that happening. He's going to be paid next year, so I don't see them selling off and having this big fire sell like the Chicago Cubs are trying to do. They just traded Jock Peterson, um, which was expected. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm one of the bunch who says I, I wish we would sell. I just don't see it happening. But we're here, and the Yankees have obviously made it clear they're not going to try and sell. They want to be in this thing. Excuse me. They want to try and make a run. They want to do this thing, and they still believe they're World Series contenders. <laughs> Um, I was watching the K show. Oh no, I was watching a segment from the K show. Um, I, I was, I found it on YouTube, and K was talking about how the Yankees are. It's crazy how sometimes his narrative switches just like that, because you know the Yankees probably call him and crack down on him. Hey, go be that Yankee boy. Um, but he switches his narrative so much, and he was saying, "Oh, they're only seven out in the loss column." Or not? He said they were our seven out in the loss column, and him and Rosenberg were kind of going back and forth um, on two different sides of: Are the Yankees in it, or should they? Are they in the division race? Believe it or not, is what the conversation was about. Rosenberg was saying he thinks it's over. K was saying there's a great, he, and I quote him: "This is not a paraphrase. I quote K. He said there's a great chance." At winning the division. A great chance, said Kay. Um, I'm pretty sure he said great chance at winning the division. 
but I do recall the words great chance. I don't, he might have been talking about making the wild card, but still, I don't even think that's a great chance. I know it's 3.5 games. You want to be hopeful about that. But from what we've been seeing from this team, not just this season, but dating back to last season, so the last, I don't know, 150 games or whatever it is, 89 plus 60, whatever you, you get that to be, um, from what we've seen this from this team in the past two years, what tells you that they're going to make a run at the division or or going to secure a wild card spot? Because even if you're using that excuse of oh they're only three something games back, yeah, this whole span from this year to to the beginning of last year, we've had moments where we were three games back, but never made that jump to one. We've always been fluctuating, but never made that jump and sustained it. So no. It's not crazy to say this team doesn't have a shot at making at making the wild card, winning the division, blah blah blah. They barely made the playoffs last year, and last year the only reason they made the playoffs was because of the Manfred rule. This year they might not make the playoffs without the Manfred rule. They're four point five games back from Oakland. They have to also jump ahead of Toronto, who's right above them, and Seattle, who's above Toronto. So it's not going to be a cakewalk. They have to start playing near 700 ball if they want a shot at the second wild card. So, judging from what I've seen from this team in the past two seasons almost, it's difficult for me to be any close to optimism. To have any kind of optimism with the Yankees. I just don't see it happening. I think they're going to make a fringe run at it, but they, they're they going to come short. And if they do happen to stumble upon a second wild card spot... Who in the world thinks they are going to go deep in the playoffs? And I am not one of those fans, so don't even start with me on this. Who is going to call the MLB a crapshoot? I don't think baseball postseason is a crapshoot. I think the best teams do win. A lot of the times you can look at it and say the teams with the best record in the regular season usually ends up winning it. And there's you know, the Nationals obviously weren't of that matter, but in the second half of the season, they had a fantastic record. They got it together. So... I'm not saying I'm not seeing the Yankees, you know, whether they win let's just say they end up with 88 wins and that's being optimistic. I don't think that team's winning the play, winning the World Series because that's supposed to be this team's expectation, isn't it? Um so with that said, I think they should sell. I I think it'd be best if they sold. You know, there's just too much that has to happen. There are too many key players underachieving. I mean, you've got somebody like Labor Torres, who a lot of Yankees fans are worrying, is he ever going to be good again? Is that resurgence coming? He was looking like a superstar, a middle infielder, power hitter, but who had all-around hitting ability. You know, a guy who everybody thought could hit you 280 and above and, and, and hit you 30 home runs a year, 100 RBIs. He looked great. He had the 38 homer season a few years back, he had 24 in the rookie season, so you can't even blame that on the juice balls. But these last two years, it seemed like he's trying a little too hard to where the power has now disappeared. He's got a lot of moving parts in his swing. I, He's not always focused. He takes his struggles out into the infield with him. It's rough for Glaber Torres, and so he's a big piece that's going to have to really go on a tear in the second half 
if the Yankees want to have a shot to make that second wild card. Another guy who's underachieving to his expectation, the man who ju- who's just handed a $90 million check for the next six seasons, DJ LeMayu. He has to start hitting consistently again. Um, he's had some good moments. He's had some dull moments. That's not the guy we're used to. The guy we paid is the 300 hitter. Nobody's asking DJ LeMayu to go out and win another batting title, but I do think we were all expecting a little bit more than somebody who's hitting 270 something and hitting in the 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 OPS having having an OPS of somewhere in the 700s. We were expecting 300, 800, something along those lines at the very least. He's not even close to that. He's not been the same. He's not getting those clutch base hits that he usually does, poking it the other way, into the gaps. You know, he's not making contact left and right anymore. He's not been the same player that he was. He was that catalyst. He was that leadoff guy. You started every single game off with the base hit. Aaron Judge always coming to the plate with the man on first. Now you're not getting that anymore. You're not getting that guy who sets the tone, that kind of domino effect. And I think when he's going, everybody else does, but we're not getting that. And I think that's why everybody else is kind of sluggish or a lot of other guys are sluggish is because he's not setting the tone. So Glaber, LeMayhew, um, does Gary keep doing enough? You know, does he get hot again? Because he had a really, really good two or three week stretch. But outside of that, his season's been very streaky. Um there's a lot of questions, right? We can go up and down the roster, and I'm not going to do that tonight. This is just a short episode. But I am sorry. I just got a text from my buddy talking about um, we're talking about the Jock Peterson trade. My buddy's a Braves fan, and um, he obviously likes it. They only traded one prospect for him, but um. Yeah, you got 45% of the season left, so 73 games. You're eight games from the AL East. You're 4.5 from the second wild card in the American League. I say sell. I don't think they will sell. i 99.9% sure they won't sell. But I don't think it will be the right decision to either buy or just stand pat and keep trying to win. So I think Rosenberg was spot on in what he was saying today. I understood case point that statistically speaking, they do have a chance. But logically speaking, or just free thinking, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. So, And also, a few days ago, ESPN rated the Yankees their first half. They graded them as a D plus, And I think it was LaGreca who was saying how that was very harsh and he disagreed with it. I don't see how that's bad at all. If we're grading them as a team to their expectation, this was a team who was supposed to be in the World Series hunt and win 100 games and take the division, how do you not give them a D plus? How could you go higher than a D plus? I think I gave them a D in my first half report a few days ago. That's episode 264. If you haven't yet, go check that out. We did our pre-break progress report. So no, I think that's plenty fair. And the second half of the season, they're going to have to go on some friggin' tear. 
for there to be any hope. But I'm unfortunately out. I don't see this working. Um, if you want to buy into it, go for it. But there's gonna be have some. There's gonna have to be some ridiculous, you know, three week stretch where they barely lose games. In my opinion, for this team to have a shot at the second wild card, that's just the way I think about it. About it. <clears throat> um, now they did make some moves today. They, um, well, Rupnan Odor. By the way, I heard. I don't know if this is true, but I saw somewhere he changed his number from from eighteen to twelve. So Gregorius is coming back, I guess. <laughs> Um, excuse me. Just gulped in the mic. <laughs> What's his name was called up? Trey Ambergie. He was called up today. That's the kid, you know, who's always in on the spring training teams, but never cracks the 40. The kid we drafted in 2015, round 13. Um, he was called up, 26-year-old. You know, just to shake things up, maybe. Just give us some outfield depth with... You know, obviously we've got Miggy Andohar and Clint on the DL right now. And they both just suck. Um, Stanton is limited to DH, as we all know. Uh, Aaron Judge, again, he's on the on the COVID protocol list. Um, Brett Gardner, he sucks. He's probably just going to play versus right-handed pitching. Um... Obviously, Aaron Hicks is out. Florial not doing great down in the minors. So, it doesn't hurt to call up another bat like Trey Ambergry, who's been raking. He's another righty. He is. Which, you know, I understand the frustration there. But, he does things we need. He He's hitting well for average. He's hitting for power. He can steal bases. And that's something we need. We need some aggressive base runners. I'm not calling him Ricky Henderson, but he is fairly athletic to where he can run a base in advance in certain scenarios. Um, so with Scranton Wilkesbury this year across 28 games or 38 games, I think it was, he's batting 312 with a 379 on base percentage, a 582 slugging percentage, and that equates to a 960 OPS. He's got 39 strikeouts. Um, that equates to a 24% K rate, which is fine. And, you know, in this in this era where, where you strike out every freaking game now, it's considered average, 24%. Um, 15 doubles. That that stood out to me. It tells me that, and even his minor league career, you look out his you look at his numbers throughout. He hits a lot of doubles. It tells me he makes some hard contact. I know his exit velo has been up this year. It's at 92, which ranks. One of the top percentiles. I don't know the exact number. Um, so we, if he can hit line drives, hit you the ball in the gaps, that's someone we need. You know, the more doubles you hit, um, I feel like the better percent, the better chance it is that you can hit the ball at a high clip and hit for average. So big reason why he's hitting 312 is because he's not just home runs. He's getting singles and doubles. Um, the more, you know, home runs, the most powerful hit, but it's also the less frequent hit when you compare it to doubles and singles. So more doubles and singles you hit, the more you're going to come through. And Yankees need more guys like that, especially with LeMayu, like we said, having a down year. And I'm saying not saying freaking Ambergie's going to come up here and bat 300, but 
I'm hoping he comes up and, and mashes left-handed pitching, right? Because you look at the numbers. I was looking at the platoon splits. He His OPS uh, the last two seasons is over 1,000 when he bats against lefties. Uh, righties, it's more mediocre and below mediocre. So there's a big drop-off. But if we can use him in those platoon spots and, and see what he's got when we go up against lefties, I think it's a nice call-up. You know, he's an unranked prospect, so he's not on you know, any of those big MLB pipeline top 100 lists or even the Yankees top 30 list. Um, he, he was in there, I think in 2016, he was on their top 30, but he's an unranked prospect. So the pressure is not going to be on him because he's not somebody with big time expectations looked at to be this savior, but he's simply called up naturally as somebody who was raking. So he's getting a shot, you know, just the classic call up and 26 years old. So he's old for a rookie, but again, not expecting him to be here long term right now. He's just coming up to see what he can give the Yankees. He's filling in. Um, so he was called up, Trey Ambergy. And uh, I think they also called up Oijun Park. Oijun Park was also called up. He's kind of an infield, outfield utility man, I believe. I think they put him on the taxi squad, though. Um, I have to double check. But he's a 25-year-old kid who... In the minors this year, with, with with both AA and AAA, Wilkes Barre and Somerset, he's batting 303 with a 450 uh, on base percentage, a 505 slugging, and a 956 OPS, nine home runs, nine doubles, 18% K rate, so very effective there in 54 games. This kid I really want to see because he makes contact, he's got some pop, and he's a lefty bat. He's a left-handed bat. He can run the bases, and you look at that 450 on base, seems like he's got a decent eye. Um, he's also an unranked prospect too, so I don't know. I want to see I want to see this park kid. You know, we, we've heard about Ambergy a lot, but and I'm excited to see him get a shot, but I would also at some point want to see what Park looks like if we can get him on the Major League squad. You know, so... That's that. That's really all I have. Again, it's a short episode. I'm not going long. So, we talked about the expectations for the second half slash the realistic outlook. We discussed... That was about it. And then we just discussed a couple of guys who were called up today. Um, the draft was a few days ago. I don't think anybody really cares because it's not like the NFL draft or the NBA draft. These guys get stashed in the minors or they go right back to college. Uh, we drafted Trey Sweeney. That's all I know, Trey Sweeney. <laughs> shortstop. Um, two shortstops in a row for us. Dominguez was called up to low A ball. Full season league. So he's going to get a look. The Yankees are going to get a good look at him now. What, what, I think it's the Tampa Tarpons. Um, and that's that, guys. So... Hope you enjoyed this episode of BD4. We're going to head to break. And when we get back from break, we'll go over the NYY, NYK question of the day from last time. Then we'll read the new one for this episode. And then that'll be that. We'll wrap it up from there. All right. Be right back. You can follow me on Facebook at r.j.carbone. You can follow me on Instagram at robjcarbone. And... You can follow me on Twitter at NY Sports Talk RC.
And if you want to follow along with the blog that I write, subscribe to It's My Opinion on nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. All right, so last time out in episode 264, that was the last episode, I went over with you guys a true or false question. The question for last time out, I told you to answer true or false. Babe Ruth holds the Yankee record in extra base hits. The answer to that question, excuse me, for episode 264, false. Babe Ruth is not the Yankee leader in extra base hits all time. He's actually second to Lou Gehrig, who had one more extra base hit in his career than Babe Ruth. One more. So if you got that answer correctly, congratulations. But this episode's NYY, NYK question of the day. Which Yankee set a team record in 2002 with 11 consecutive hits? I don't know if... Now this question I got from... I have a, like a bunch of trivia cards... That came out in 07. So I don't know if that record's been broken since 07. So we'll say up to that date. Alright. So once again, which Yankee set a team record in 2002 with 11 consecutive hits? So there's a spam where this certain Yankee was 11 for 11. He was hot. So give me the answer to that question via... Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter DMs, or comment on one of the posts once I publish the promo to the podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Once again, this is episode 265 of the podcast. Now, I am going away for a few days. This weekend, I'll be away for the next two weeks. So... I'm going to have my equipment with me, but the episodes will most likely just be audio. So for the next two weeks, that's what? Maybe four series? So maybe the four, maybe three or four series over that span. It will be mostly audio. It will be only audio episodes. So the next three or four episodes will be only audio. And they're most likely going to be shorter than the usual hour. Since I'm going to be away. I'm not going to be spending my time, you know, in the basement of, of a vacation home. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, just just a heads up, but we will still be producing episodes. And, and, and I'll still be with the blog and everything. So, thank you for tuning in. That's it for episode 265 of BD4, where there's no better way... To get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, I am your host, RJ Carbone. One last time, 
If you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, SoundCloud, many more platforms where you can listen to us. If you want to watch us, you can watch the podcast up on YouTube. And if you want to read my blog, you can read the blog and subscribe to that blog. All of that stuff is on my link tree. Linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. Once again, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. My link tree. All right, guys. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Ciao.